Another Bulldog broadcast with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, for the Field of 68 Media Network. Today's one of the best follows on social media in regards to Gonzaga basketball. That is Stephen Carr. He is currently the video broadcast and production coordinator at Gonzaga after spending the last nine years or so working with KHQ and Root Sports for the local broadcasts. Stephen, thanks for joining. How, how are things? I uh, appreciate you having me on, Dan. Things are very busy, but things are good. And I will take busy, especially after a 2020 when things weren't very busy on the uh, work side of things. Well, 2020 was odd for, for people in all different industries and realms of, of work, but you were very involved on social media as far as, you know, covering Gonzaga ideas and, and basketball games and, and other sports at Gonzaga, to be honest. Um, but to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like you picked it up a notch during COVID in regards to a lot of the video breakdowns that you provide on social media. Am I right? Yeah, and I think I think part of that, I would say, is um, the high school basketball season uh, in Washington State, at least, got pushed back to the spring. So I had some extra free time where I could just sit down and rewatch as many Gonzaga games I want as many times as I want, really. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to do. Once I realized that that team after the first couple games was pretty special and offensively they were doing some some really nice stuff. I decided, you know what, why not just do a full season breakdown? Because I knew I had the time to do it. Uh, so that's what I did early on. I just started making folders of, of certain sets that they would run or certain tendencies that they had. Uh, and I just kind of did that throughout the entire season. So when you're building out this library of video breakdowns, what were your resources? Was it Synergy, which I know a lot of high-level basketball people use? Uh, was it DVR the game and then clip it up? Uh, did you use Ken Palm or what were your main resources? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I went um, kind of old school. I just I have a, a DVR'd it on my computer and then essentially clipped it off via QuickTime Media Player um, and trimmed whatever I needed to trim uh, and then used an editing software to put the videos together once the whole thing was done. Um, and then I use a bunch of different websites when it comes to st uh, statistics ken palm is obviously a good one but uh there's also a website called hoopmath.com yeah um that that does a lot of really really interesting stuff and especially when it comes to like um shot chart data like shots at the rim percentage of shots at the rim percentage uh shooting percentage of those shots once they get to the rim those kinds of things um so it's a combination of of statistical work that kind of backed up what I was seeing uh, on, on film. So a lot of people that report or follow Gonzaga basketball make comments. They, they call it Gonzaga Twitter. Uh, I guess you could say this podcast uh, on the field of 68 now is part of Gonzaga Twitter. Um, but you have a different outlook on it because you also look at the in-depth details, you break down the film, you're not just a random fan with a random comment here or there, even though there is a time and a place for that. Give us a little bit about your background and your knowledge of the game and how this evolved. Sure, I, um, I grew up in the Bay Area. Uh, I went to high school in San Jose at Bellarmine College Prep and uh, basketball was the sport I played forever. Um, you know, the 
travel season, AAU season, playing it basically 11 months out of the year, take three or four weeks off in August and then get ready for high school season when it starts up in late September. So that was my life for, for forever. Um, and then entering my senior year, we had kind of three main um, kind of stars, I would guess, on our varsity team. And we called ourselves uh, the best point guard on the team, which was not me, the best defender on the team, which was certainly not me, the smartest player in the league, which was me. So I, had, I, I wasn't the most athletic kid. I could never gain weight. I'm still very skinny. Um, but I used uh, kind of my knowledge. I was basically a slasher, a cutter, and a rebounder. So my claim to fame, I guess, would be um, I was second in the league my senior year in both rebounding and free throw attempts behind Aaron Gordon, who turns out to be a pretty good player. Yeah. Um, and so, but by the end of my senior year, I was just, I was so exhausted just playing the, the traveling of, of a U season basketball in general. I was just so exhausted by it. Um, I was getting some looks by a couple of division two schools, a lot of local community colleges, JCs. And I mean, I realized I'm not going to the NBA. Right. And I, and I wanted to, go to college, have a, a regular college experience, but stay involved in sports in some way, shape or form. Um, so I went to Gonzaga, which was, I mean, I was always interested in Gonzaga throughout high school. And then once I visited it my junior year, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go to college here, regardless of what happens with my high school basketball career. So I went to Gonzaga. I got involved in um, their broadcasting department pretty quickly. Originally, I wanted to be an on-air talent because that's I did play-by-play for my high school's football team on radio. So I wanted to do on-air talent, that kind of thing. And I fell in love with the production side of it instead uh, once I got to college. So uh, I ended up becoming um, a director, a replay operator, those kinds of things, truck positions um, when it comes to live sports production. And then I would say like 2016, 2017, like my passion for like the breaking down side of basketball where I, I just kind of rekindled um, the analysis portion of it all. And so like the last five years, I was like, okay, I think I want to get into either breaking it down or coaching or both. And so um, three, actually four summers ago, I almost applied to be an assistant coach in Spokane the timing of it was just kind of funky and I didn't do it. And then the next summer I said, you know what, I'm just going to give this a shot. And so I called up Glenn Williams at Mead high school. And I said, this is a long shot. Do you have any coaching positions available at all? And it just so happened that they were having a bunch of um, movement within their coaching staff. A couple of the coaches had um, just started new families. So they wanted to, to stay at home more with their families and a position was open as basically a second varsity assistant. And Glenn was unbelievable and said, we'll have you on board with zero coaching experience at all. Just him talking to me for, you know, two meetings. He saw something in me that was like, you know what, we're going to have this guy as a second varsity assistant. And that was incredibly kind of him. So, um, so the last three years now I've been a varsity assistant over at Mead uh, and I've kind of been like the main film and scout guy um, doing a lot of the the film breakdowns of us and for opponents doing a lot of analytical work um, those kinds of things and then I translated it once COVID hit to a full Gonzaga breakdown because I knew I had time to do that so that's kind of the the breakdown of it all I, I think in retrospect 
Um, I wish my passion for basketball didn't kind of decline for those two or three years once I entered college. Um, cause it, it would have been cool if I could have, you know, possibly been, you know, a team manager or something that would have, you know, catapulted me into the, into the college coaching ranks possibly, um, or at least had a, a chance to go that direction. Uh, if I wanted to after college. You mentioned the name Glenn Williams and Meade High School here in Spokane. Uh, for a lot of Gonzaga fans that don't live in Spokane, that's important to know because Glenn uh, and Meade High School is is the high school coach in the high school of Adam Morrison. What was it like, uh, or did you ever hear any Adam Morrison high school stories that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, and, and his, his um, Glenn's son, Brian, was on Adam's teams um, – what was that 2003, right? I think 2003, 2004 times. And so uh, Adam was, uh, Glenn told me all the time, Adam was just a fiery, fiery competitor more than anything else. Um, and I think uh, Morrison was on either your podcast or possibly his own podcast, but he was talking about the toughest loss of his high school career. And it wasn't the state title game. It was like, the fourth time they had played one of the other schools in our league um, and they lost on some controversy that happened, something like that. And so I asked Glenn if that was also one of the toughest losses of his coaching career. And within two seconds, he said, absolutely. So him and Adam were on the same page on, on what one of the, the toughest losses or toughest moments, just because of the controversy, whatever it was, I don't remember. Um, but Glenn and Adam both said, but that moment sticks out to them more than anything else going to state, um, you know, all the, the fantastic wins that they had, it was that one game, that one loss that still sticks out to them, you know, 17 years later, whatever it is. And it's always those losses that stick yeah. out more than the wins, isn't it? That, that's how it is for me. My high school, uh, my senior year, we lost in the, the semifinals. Uh, so our, our hopes of a state title were dashed. And that is that and the Wyoming loss in the first round of the NCAA tournament my senior year are the two that, that are the most disappointing to this day. Before we move on to the next topic, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. But I want to go back to your video breakdowns and what, why you choose what you choose to go in depth on. Is, is it typically something that you see during a game? Is it, some, is it maybe an analytic statistic that you see that you want to go in depth on? Or maybe is it a, a comment from a fan on social media? What makes you determine what to really break down? That's a good question. Um, I think more than anything, it's just trends that I see game over game over game. Um, the first thing, first and foremost, I'm looking for is just like sets that they're continuously running, you know, twice a game or something like that. Um, and then I just have a folder that's labeled whatever that set is. And I'll put every single clip 
of that set throughout the entire 2020, 2021 season, I put into that. So they had this, um, one of these sets that had, you know, they would run 37 times in a season or something like that. And then I would find like the cleanest six or seven times that they ran it so that it's easy to see exactly where the players are moving and what they're trying to accomplish um, with that set. And a lot of them last year were just like different entries into ball screens. So the whole point would be to just get three different players moving in certain directions um, to confuse a defense so that they don't know who's tagging the roller or something like that. Um, but the way that they move their guys off the ball, by the time that ball screen happens, the defense doesn't know where they're supposed to be in relationship to guarding those ball screens. So it's a lot of stuff like that. Um, you know, everybody says Gonzaga is one of the best ball screen offenses in the country. Um, obviously they'll run their just straight up continuity ball screen side to side stuff. But a lot of what they do is um, like I said, moving guys prior to, or during the actual ball screen itself to confuse defenses. So that's kind of what I did most of last season is like, how exactly are they setting up those ball screens? Why are defenses in compromising positions and how in the world are they so efficient shooting the ball inside the arc? Cause they set an NCA record last year. Uh, and two point percentage. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, your breakdowns are very good. They're very in depth. Uh, I enjoy watching them. But you watch every Gonzaga game, and I'll be honest, I watch most every Gonzaga game for my color analyst work with KHQ and Root, but uh, I don't always go back and listen and, and watch the games that I already called. Part of it is because I've already heard Greg and Richard's comments. That being said, has there ever been a comment by myself, by Richard or Greg that makes you completely pull your hair out knowing you've broke it down as well as you have? <laughs> uh, man, I love all three of you guys. I think you guys are um, a fantastic trio. Um, I don't I don't I think you guys know the game so well that I don't think I've ever been like hey, I know this more than these three guys. Like, I would never say that, especially, I mean, you guys, you and Richard um, were great players in your own respects at Gonzaga, so I'm never, ever thinking I'm stepping on your toes by knowing more than you guys. I think it's more so, um, like you said earlier, like the random people on Twitter who may have a comment that say one thing. When I watch a video, I'm like, the other thing is probably true. I think that thing, that kind of thing more than anything else, um, is kind of where I'm like, okay, I, I may know this more than this person does. Or like, it, you know, regionally, it's a lot easier because we watch so much, but like nationally, a lot of like national analysts who watch, you know, half a dozen Gonzaga games or something like this, and they just try to make broad statements or somebody like us who will watch all 32 or, you know, 30 out of the 32 games or whatever it is. Like we know the stuff more than a lot of the national people who only watch the big games kind of thing. So I think when the national media kind of makes sweeping judgments or sweeping comments that aren't necessarily true based on video evidence, I think that's where I'm kind of like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in my line of work, it, because I do cover games nationally too, for other networks uh, that can be a challenge because uh, my in-depth knowledge of Gonzaga is so deep as compared to some of the other teams that I cover. It can be a walking a fine line of being too uh, critis 
critical of, of the teams that I covered, um, not as in depth. So uh, that's a good point. How about when you watch game film and and you're looking at different things and then you look at the analytics maybe to back up or kind of discredit what you may have initially thought, is there any zag over the last few years that you don't think got the credit for being as impactful as maybe they truly were? Um, wow. I, I think I spent my summer doing um, going back and watching like 20 plus years of Gonzaga film as well. So that project was super, super interesting. And I, and I think the one player, two players actually that stood out as not necessarily guys that got lost in the shuffle over the last 20 years, but guys who I think were like insanely talented that may not be in like the top 10 zags on a lot of lists. One is Matt Bolden. He's unbelievable. And I mean, he could score the ball at all three levels. He was incredibly versatile, super, super strong. I was blown away at how great he was looking back on the, on those games in the late two thousands. Um, and then the other one's Derek Rivio and that kid, was incredible as well. I think a lot of um, his, I feel like a lot of people just remember him as, you know, the, the amazing free throw shooter, great three point shooter, and kind of like the, the, the third player on that um, Adam Morrison, JP Batista team in 2006. But he was like, he was the facilitator of that team. Like without him, that team isn't what it was in 2006. And then once those two guys left Morrison Batista, into that 2007 season, that team probably didn't have any business making the NCAA tournament, but Derek Rivio basically willed them yeah. to the NCAA tournament. Like he was unbe- unbelievable in 2007. So I would say that the two guys that are maybe underrated or maybe underappreciated more than anybody else would be Bolden and Rivio. Yeah, that, I, I agree with both of those guys. Bolden was terrific, but your comments about Derek Ravio if he didn't have the season, the senior season down the stretch that he did, Gonzaga would have, would have had a pause in their NCAA tournament run because he was great in the WCC tournament to win it, to get them back to the tournament. Now, this is a little bit more subjective. Who's your favorite Zag of all time? Man, I feel like this changes. Um, I've always had a soft spot for Kevin Pangos just because he was the same year as me in college. And I think that group kind of elevated Gonzaga to that next tier of finally, you know, getting back over the hump, getting to the elite eight and kind of launching them into this elite status that they've been in the last five or six seasons now. Um, And the first home game that I ever went to was the game that he shot or that he made nine threes against Washington state. So I always have a soft spot for him. Um, Nigel Williams-Goss is up there. Shema Karnowski is up there. It's a lot of those guys in that 2013 to 17 era, um, just because that was when I first started really, really, really paying attention uh, and breaking down a lot of this stuff. Um, But I I would say um, Pangos, Nigel, Corey Kispert, um, Andrew Nemhard, I'm a huge fan of just because the way he operates in ball screens. Um, and then Adam Morrison, because I actually remember the, the Morrison, J.J. Reddick stuff back when I was a kid and following that. And he was must watch TV every single time um, that I could find a Gonzaga game on TV. So I would say those are probably my top five. Well, you can't go wrong with either one of them. That's for sure. So, hey, last question, Stephen, before I let you go. Um, I've talked about the in-depth breakdowns that you have. I, like I said, I think they're tremendous. 
if any of the listeners here on this podcast haven't had access to seeing those before, where can they go to find those out? Uh, because I'll be honest, I, I look at them quite frequently on Twitter before uh, many games that we call for KHQ and Root. Yeah, so my Twitter account is at scargo. It's spelt like my name, so it's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. And what I'll typically do, I haven't had time the last couple of games because I was actually in Las Vegas. I've been traveling, and honestly, I don't know if I want to go back and watch the Tarleton State game. Um, I'll save you the uh, hassle. Don't do it. It was <laughs> – although you, gotta, you have to watch it for one comment from Greg Heiser at the end of the first half. Just uh, was that full the, disclosure. Uh, the, the number one, number three comment? That was pretty no, good. I heard you, that one. I, okay, I had I'll to take back. my broad uh, my uh, broadcast headset off for a minute. Understood. Um, so typically, what I do uh, either the day after or two days after, I'll come up with like a top three plays from the game, um, and I'll do a thread, and I'll explain exactly what I'm looking for in those things. And then um, I don't. My website that I used for the 2020-21 Gonzaga team and the project that I did over the summer, breaking down 20 plus years of Gonzaga's offense. Uh, it's still in the archives and you can still visit it if you want. The website is no longer taking new subscribers um, for various reasons. But the, if you want to go back and watch those YouTube videos, feel free to do so. Uh, the website for that is S-K-A-R-R-G-0-Z-A-G-S. So scargozags.substack.com. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I look forward to continuing to follow you and thank you for joining. You got it, Dan. Appreciate it.